Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. It is so good to be back with you today. And as you are well aware, you can reach me on all major podcast channels, recovery underscore guy on Instagram, recoveryguy.org on my website along. You'll find my blogs there as well. So reach out. Let me know what I can do for you. And I am a sober advocate, life coach, sober coach. If there's anything I can do for you on that private level, let me know what that looks like now with COVID. I don't do as much traveling as I used to, although I am available to come and speak to groups either in person or via Zoom. Uh, most all of my coaching um, sessions are uh, performed and, and initiated utilizing the um, technology of Zoom, which is a great advantage for us to have. We're not together, but we are sort of a thing. And if you know much about me, I'm a big accountability guy. Matter of fact, that's what we're going to talk about today. Before we get into that, though, it was kind of interesting <clears throat> because I talk a lot about alignment. Matter of fact, if you're not in alignment, much of what I say today will either won't mean as much to you, either because you won't be in tune to hear it, or maybe you'll reject it. Maybe one of your domains, the mental, the emotional, the physical, or the spiritual, aren't in a tune, and so you're distracted or, or not complete. Therefore, you may not get as much out of this. So I always like to make sure I'm in alignment. Interestingly enough, a couple things happened today. I went and got my oil change and my tires rotated uh, about, about three weeks ago, and shortly thereafter... Uh, the weather changed, started to get a little colder. And so uh, my system was telling me my tires needed to be 40 and 41 pounds on my truck. And they were about 34, 35 pounds. So the light kept going on. So I had to go today to get my tires equal air. So they're all balanced properly. Not only that my idiot light will go off, but also I'm, I'm reducing wear on my tires, and I'm actually safer going down the road. So I had that done this morning over at Big O. Then I've been needing to get a new printer, so I stopped by um, uh, Office Max today and and actually found a printer on the shelf. Go figure that. So I brought the printer home, got it set up, and you know what it wanted me to do? Before I could fully operate it, and I put the new ink cartridges in, it said, would you like to align your printer now? <laughs> so even my printer knows that it needs to be in alignment to be functioning properly and evenly to produce for me the result it realizes I produced a printer for, right? Uh, didn't cost a lot of money, but it's not a cheap printer. And so it wants to make sure that I'm in alignment or it's in alignment to me. And that alignment is going to allow it to meet my expectation of what this 
um, HP printer should bring. Does that make sense to you? I hope that it does. I hope you had an opportunity to listen to and or share Surrender to Win last week's uh, podcast and uh, and enjoy that and share that and listen to that more than once because if we don't surrender, if I don't get to a place where that says, I can't do this, I must stop thinking I know so I can know. I must stop saying, I know how to do this long enough for you to show me what you're doing that allowed you along the way. When I first came to the rooms of recovery, I wanted to think, my ego said, I know better. But my best thinking, my best thinking on my best day got me to the rooms of recovery. My best thinking on my best day caused two divorces. I walked out of my children. I alienated all my family members and I was unemployable, addicted to pornography, gambling, compulsive overeating, bulimia, alcohol, and drugs. And yet I said, I knew, right? Until I surrendered and that's same with with the day. So go back and listen to that podcast because 35 and a half years later, I'm still surrendering because I still need to stop and say, I don't know. Because once I don't know, it opens up the door to knowing. Hey, today is accountability. You know, I love I love terminology. I love words that come to life. I love words that can be nouns, that can also be adjectives, that can also be verbs, like the word love right? I'm in love with Laura. Noun. I demonstrate that love to Laura as love the verb, right? And that's with accountable as well. So, so when we look at that word account, it is an oral or written description of particular events or situations. It's an oral or written description. It's what I'm saying about me to help describe to you what my condition is, where I went, what I did, why I did it, who I did it with, that sort of thing. It's an explanatory statement of conduct. Whoa. <laughs> I never wanted to be accountable to that. I didn't want you to know what I was doing, when I was doing it, where I was doing it, who I was doing it with. Hell no. You might, if you knew all those things, you might say I had a problem. And then you would expect me to actually go do something about it. And denial wouldn't allow that. So accountability to me was only a noun. And I did not want to define it because if I say I know what it means, then I must be willing, if I didn't want to be a hypocrite, to do something with it. When it comes to being a verb, it's to give an explanation not only know what it means, but then to give it, that is the verb, that is the action to it, to give an explanation why I'm doing something with regard to my behavior or my thoughts. It's to answer concerning one's contact. Oh man, forget about it. I didn't want to answer because I wasn't accountable. If you pressed me for an answer, I would tell you, you wanting the answer was the problem. But it would be to answer concerning one's contact, conduct or duties. This is according to dictionary.com, one of my best friends. Then there's the word accountable. So that's account. Accountable is the adjective. It tells me, it describes what the the noun and the verb do. It It is 
subject to the obligation to report. An obligation? Are you kidding me? You mean I'm obligated to someone else or something else other than my selfish and self-centered approach to living? It says I have to report. It says I, I have to explain. It says, it says I must justify something. There was no justification for me. How could you justify losing everything without admitting you have a problem? It's not possible. Not, a, not maybe is for you. When we minimize, we rationalize, and we deny our condition. But it wasn't possible for me. It was to become responsible, or as Stephen Covey would say, response-able. My ability to respond was broken based on I didn't think I had anyone or anything to be accountable to. Because, of course, to admit that, I must then admit I have a problem. And once you admit you have a problem, now you're accountable, accountable to do something about it. I was answerable. No, I wasn't. I wanted to say I was accountable, but my accountability was based on my personal convenience. If I wanted to show up, I showed up. It wasn't because you wanted me to show up unless, unless there was some coercive reason for me to be there. If you were the judge, maybe sometimes with my spouse, maybe sometimes with my employer, maybe a family member, if there was, if there was something in it for me, or you held some type of leverage over me, either my freedom or my finances or a place to live, right? Then I would be accountable, but that's not accountability because I was only going along as far as I had to in order to get what I want. Still, even with that degree of accountability, selfishness and self-centeredness was at the foundation of it, was at the core of it. And then, of course, accountability. That is the state of being accountable or liable or answerable. Man, was I liable. Liable. Boy, I didn't want to be liable. I didn't want to pay that price. That's what being liable is. I may not want to have been answerable in the moment, but eventually I would answer. I would have to answer for all the things I did and did not do. I would be answerable and liable for all the things that I said or did not say. Whether we like it or not, we will pay. Whether I liked it or not, I was going to be answerable. Whether I liked it or not, I was going to be liable. I was going to be held accountable whether I wanted to be accountable or not. Have you ever heard the term abstentia? Do you know that you can be tried in, a, in abstentia? You can be tried for a crime. If they can't find you, they will try you in abstention, in absence of. I'll still be convicted. I'll still get sentenced. But the conviction will hold, but the sentence won't start until they catch up to me or I catch up to me. 
And finally, on February 19th of 1986, and I said, enough is enough. I can't do this anymore. If I don't change, I was going to die. I began becoming answerable. I started to understand what being liable was because I realized what I had become. Oh, yeah, we're going to be accountable. You know, (laughs) years ago, I don't know if it was the 70s or 80s, but it could have been any of those years. I'm old enough to remember them all. Hell, I'm old enough to remember the 60s. Um, There used to be a Fram oil filter. Did did you ever see it? Fram, F-R-A-M, accessories, motor parts. And it was a Fram oil filter. And there was this one grease monkey type mechanic standing there and shop rag. And he had an oil filter and he was standing there and talking about how important it was to change your oil every three or 5,000 miles. And every time you do, you need to change an oil filter because why would you run good oil through a bad filter, right? (laughs) Makes perfectly good sense to me, which could be another podcast, certainly a blog. Anyway, they they would they would talk about you know when you get your oil changed get the get a new filter get a new Fram oil filter, and then he would say at the end of it he said you can pay me now, or you can pay me later. Do you remember that commercial? Are you old enough? I don't know if it's still running or what. No, it's probably not because it's very old, very outdated. But the whole notion is you get it right, you can pay me now, or you can pay me later. What? <laughs> But the thing was, whether or not you're going to pay me, (laughs) we already know the answer to that. It's just, are you going to pay now? Are you going to pay later? And the whole thing is, if if you don't pay now, when you pay later, the likelihood is you're going to pay more, right? Because if you don't change your oil, we'll go along with that metaphor. If you don't change your oil or your oil filter, then crud will get up in your cylinders and maybe your car will overheat and you'll have a crankcase problem. I'm not a mechanic, so I'm just fishing for words right now. Maybe you blow your engine. So instead of buying a 4 or $5 oil filter, you're buying a $3,000 block, right? I don't know. Could be. But that was the whole premise. You can pay me now or you can pay me later. We know what the cost is going to be now. We don't know what it is going to be later. That is what it is with accountability. We can be accountable today. It's one of the reasons that my dear sponsor and friend, Slow Will, as you know, my sponsor, Jack, died with uh, 44 years of personal recovery of cancer. Uh, Gosh, now, over two and a half years ago now, what a sad day that was. Jack was a giant of recovery. Anyway, uh, when, when Jack died and stopped being my sponsor, my sponsor and friend, Slow Will, um, became my sponsor. And we talk a lot about the 10th step. And he would say, Bobby, you know what? The 10th step here it is. If you clear away the wreckage of your present, which we do in step 10, the maintenance step continued to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admit it. If you, if you clear away the wreckage of your present, it won't become the wreckage of your past, right? So you can pay me now or you can pay me later but you're going to pay me, right? Does that make sense? And in the same way with accountability. In, in my recovery of over 35 and a half years, I'm excited to tell you I am not done. If you know much about me, if you're a family member, a loved one, a friend, one of my coaching clients, someone I know in 12-step recovery, someone I know from my treatment days, if you know me on Instagram, it doesn't really matter. If you know me at all, you know that I'm still excited about the journey, 
that I'm still being held accountable, that I still put myself in front like like uh, Buddy C, Scott Shields, Steve M, Fast Eddie P, obviously Will. All these men know how to reach me. I'm accountable to my friend Susie. I'm accountable to my friend Wendy, to Angela, to Chaz, to Tess. I'm accountable to them because I put myself out in front of them, to Alan, to Michael B., to Ryan. You name it, I am, obviously, to Laura. I'm accountable to these people. I put my, and they will tell you, Robert's a work in progress. Sometimes he's more fun than the next, but he's always accountable. I am accountable. I am able and willing and desirous to check myself, do that checkup from the neck up and see where I am at. Now, here's the deal. On paper, on paper, accountability looks simple and it's safe. Yet for complete life transformation, accountability extends to a much higher level. True accountability, are you ready for this? True accountability requires, requires me to get uncomfortable. If, not, if, if I'm not uncomfortable, the likelihood is I'm not digging as deep as I need to dig. If I'm not willing to get a little uncomfortable, that means I'm just sort of scratching the surface. I'm going to where I'm comfortable and I'm stopping there. And that's all you're going to get from me today. Now, it doesn't mean every time I'm accountable, I am uncomfortable, but I need to be willing to get uncomfortable because it's only by self-examination and allowing others to look at me. I was talking to a friend of mine just the other day, and she is in a uh, mental health facility, and we were chatting, and I said, you know, one of the things that you may want to look at is you know, being subject, subjectability or subjective compared to objective. Subjective can be very easy because it's my usually comfortable view of how I see me. And if it gets to, it's kind of like social media recovery. You know how I, I'll tell you, I could talk all day on, on the challenges of social media recovery and its dangers. Because the minute you don't like me, the minute I say something that pressures you, that causes you to change or get uncomfortable, you just block me. You say something mean to me about how do I know what I'm talking about, blah, 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 right? And then you go on your merry way and you block me. You don't confront me. You don't say, why are you thinking that? Why are you being that objective? And then there's objective. I tell people an objective is, is outside looking in, Right? Subjective is inside looking inside. Objective is outside looking in. I need to be objectively subjective. That is what true accountability is. If you look at any of the hierarchies of thinking from Maslow to Ogbangdina to Zig Ziglar to Stephen Covey, some of the giants in the game of, of PMA and self-evaluation, and paradigms, and tearing it down just to build it back up again, that breaking away from natural, from, from, uh, from, from prefabricated laws and understanding natural laws and see how we can become an alignment even though we're not comfortable. It's kind of like setting an arm. You ever break an arm or dislocate a shoulder? 
It's out of whack and it's going to be painful getting it back in there as they do that outside force manipulation. But the only way for the joint to heal is to cause a little bit of pain, get it set back in place so it begins the healing process. That is oftentimes what objective is, right? And we have to subject ourselves to objectivity if we are going to live. Back in the back in the 90s, my first real mentor outside of the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous was actually my pastor, Glenn Moffat. And Glenn had a, a wonderful way of helping me deal with my pride and my ego. Of course, I was seven years clean and sober at the time uh, when I met Glenn about that. Actually, yeah, yeah, maybe six, maybe five, six years. And Glenn started to get to know me, and I really liked his life and his it is his God-centered approach to living was very aligned with mine coming from AA. And I thought, you know what? I need to get out of the box. Of course, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous recommends that we go to clergy and outside influences to sort of round out and expand our thinking, right? And if you're not doing that, please do that. It'll, it'll help us all grow along the way and we share new ideas. Uh, it doesn't mean we have to believe or take in everything, but I think imams have great advice. I think rabbis, many of them are brilliant. I've known a number of Catholic priests that are just sensational human beings and have a great approach to life. I've got some friends in the Buddhist network that can really teach me things or naturalists, right? I'm a conservative, but I get some of my great ideas from my liberal friends. They help me expand outside and be accountable to myself by listening to them, right? Just because I don't agree in totality with you doesn't mean I'm not looking for those golden nuggets that have helped you be successful along the way. Anyways, that's a rabbit trail. Glenn would come up to me and he'd approach me and his timing was scaringly amazing. And he would come up to me and he would say, are you teachable? <laughs> and I knew when he asked me that question, he was asking me if I was willing to be accountable. That's what he was saying. Are you teachable? Are you accountable? Are you ready to hear something you may not want to hear? And are, are you ready to give an account for where you're at regarding with what I'm going to tell you? And he was usually going to impart a life lesson on me based on something he knew maybe something new he had learned or maybe something new he noticed about me and he and he wanted me to apply it to something that he saw in me other times uh, i would bring a situation or a concern to him and he would say are you looking for my opinion or are you looking for my advice you may have heard me share this before once again, he was asking if I was going to be accountable because obviously if I was just looking for his opinion, he would say, let's just have lunch because I'm really, you know, my opinion doesn't matter. My opinion, you're going to, if, if, if my opinion is aligned with your worldview or what you have already decided you'll want to do, then you'll agree with me and say, Hey, thanks a lot, man. But if you don't agree with my opinion, there's no accountability in, in opinion. And a lot of times on Facebook, 
you know, someone will say, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And they're just sort of throwing it out there. And all these people are, you know, and all they're doing is shopping for an answer that they'll agree with. They don't want accountability. They want an opinion. Oh, you agree with me. You must be really smart. I think I'll go and do that. Right. There's no accountability there. But if you give someone advice now, now when you give me advice, when my friend Burke would say, you know, Robert, I think you need to incorporate this into your life. I can't disregard that because I have a degree of accountability to our friendship and his ability to promote wellness in other people. Does that make sense to you? That is accountable. I am asking to be accountable. I don't want your opinion, although every now and then I may look for different opinions just to see where I'm at in alignment. See, but I, but I don't shop opinions to, to satisfy my own ego. Well, not all the time. Obviously, sometimes we all do, right? But I try to catch myself because then if I do that too often, I'll find I'm not in alignment. And then I'll start running off the emotional or spiritual or psychological or the physical road. And I think, why am I uncomfortable? Oh, I know why. I'm out of alignment. Why am I out of alignment? Because I was shopping opinion, not advice, and getting myself um, into a degree of unaccountability. And now I'm living off my own ideas, which are subjective, instead of an objective approach or viewpoint. Does that make sense? I hope that it does. I have found a best friend in accountability. Accountability helps me be a better coach and mentor and example and friend and husband and grandfather. You know, I have these little humans in my life and they're called grandchildren. I have eight. And last night, Laura and I stopped over at Jane and Josh's real quick to drop something off. And two of my youngest grandsons of their children, of Janie Johnson's children, came out and they they said, we want to get in your truck. We want to hug you. I am so accountable to their love. They had an expectation of me. They loved me with the purest of hearts. And they knew that I would be accountable to their love. And I would love them back. They got into my truck and one of them was hugging me while one of them was hugging me. The other one was messing my hair. And as much as I think of my hair, I let them. Because I am accountable to them. I'm accountable to their love. I give an account to them and reciprocate to them. I'm accountable to be the kind of person that they can look up to and be proud of. I'm the kind of person, I'm accountable to my daughter, therefore my daughter trusts me with her children. Do you see how important accountability can be? Once again, I've grown so much as a person. And all of the other rules that extend out from me and my personhood, because now I embrace accountability. I hope you have found this to be true for you as well. I hope that you understand accountability. I hope that you understand our common 
which is human obligation to ourself so we might fulfill our accountability to others. I hope this has made a difference. I hope you continue to look for me on the major podcast channels. I hope you share this. If you're an individual, share it with a friend. If you're a treatment center, share it with the participants. If you're looking for a life coach or a speaker, reach out. Let me know what that looks like. See what I can do to assist you along the way because one way or the other, I'm getting better because I am staying accountable to my own program of recovery, to others as they express themselves in my life, and of course, carrying out the great commission to sharing my experience, strength, and hope with each other that we may solve our common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography, codependency, compulsive overeating, anger, unchecked emotions, ad infinitum. We all come in a whole lot broken and we're all looking to get a whole lot of whole. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining Recovery Guy Podcast. And of course, my name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy.